I once pitched a business idea to a rapper. Yeah. Uh, Tinchy Cider. He <laughs> <laughs> still hasn't got back to me. It's been about six That's years. That's a shame. The letter Q. How's it going, you querent? <laughs> I am fine. Uh, you, well, maybe not many QU words I could use here. It sounds, you querent is one who seeks answers. That's true. Yeah, I do. Specifically like... from an oracle, an astrologer, a tarot card reader, or a sacred text. Oh, so someone who basically goes to the back page of a newspaper and says, yeah. oh, what's Virgo say today? Yeah, not someone who's nosy. Yeah. Um, someone who specifically wants answers that may even go to the I Ching for answers, which, uh, before you think it's some kind of knockoff iPad, yeah. uh, in fact, <laughs> it's the Chinese book of changes. Common questions asked by querents are, will I be rich? What kind of person will I marry? Will I have chips for tea? I was uh, going to say. <laughs> I hope it's chips, it's chips. And yeah. what could happen if I follow course of action X? And there are three types of querents. People who believe in the power of synchronicity. Yes. People who believe their subconscious, like their dreams, offer them advice. Okay. And religious people. So not cases. Yeah, you're... Loony box bun heads. I mean, <laughs> take your pick. You're in one of the three. Uh, All but right. querent, one who seeks answers. Nice. Well, I call you quiddling. Lovely. Um, it's a Harry Potter term. Almost. Isn't the problem with QU? You've got to get a lot of Harry Potter-esque kind yeah. of, oh, Professor Quiddles round the corner, quantifying yeah. quantum mechanics. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, oh, clever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even though there are no science lessons in Hogwarts, which I think is against the curriculum. Yeah. I think they have to supply it's heresy, a science. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know what they're foreign language departments like. Anyway, the point is, is that quiddle or quiddling means a fussy or fastidious person. And I think you're reasonably fussy. You, you take pride of your work. You dot the I's and double cross the T's. Professional. All right, professional. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I called you quiddling. And then uh, I call this the Quinoa Fuel Podcast. Have you ever had quinoa before? No. Seen it on a menu. Yeah. You may know it as quinoa. In oh, fact. Yeah. is it fish based? No. no. <laughs> No. All right, good. What have you been eating? I don't know, but not that. Quinoa, a grain crop grown primarily for its edible seeds. Oh, it's like couscous kind of thing, yeah, isn't it? couscousy rice rice. Yeah. Uh, it's a pseudo-cereal from South America, domesticated for human consumption around 2000 BC in a place I've always wanted an editorial excuse to say, Lake Titicaca. Excellent. It is a chenopod, and much like other chenopods, it's closely related to beetroot, spinach and tumbleweeds. It is very good for you, quinoa. If they can get a rap star on a cereal box of that, yeah. they could make it quinoa west. I like it well. He yeah. is 53 bajillion dollars in debt. I'm sure yeah, you can I'm pitch sh- it to him. Come on, yeah, Quinos or something, you know? I once pitched a business idea to a rapper. Yeah. Uh, Tinchy Cider. <laughs> he still hasn't got back to me. It's been about six years. That's a years. shame. That's a real shame. 2013 was the International Year of the Quinoa. I forgot to celebrate. Peru are the biggest exporters of quinoa. Welcome to The Dictionary. This is a weekly word-based podcast uh, where we ramble through the dictionary one letter at a time. Please come and join in. We've got on the iTunes, got the audio boom, now on Stitcher. Woo! For all you cheap mobile phone users. Yeah, it's a good app. And generally we're available here on Twitter and Facebook as well. You can join in on the handle at Thick Podcast. This week we're on the letter Q. Before we do the word workout, Paul Gannon, a quick note on Q words. There are no... Strictly speaking, English words that begin with Q. That's interesting. We have anglicised them from Semitic languages, the likes of Arabic, Chinese, Hebrew, Inuktitut, Greek, things like that. 
We didn't have a Q word. We weren't we weren't Q people. We didn't need Qs. No, Q is not a sound found in the traditional English language. Ironic, considering how a nation is often thought as a nation that likes to stand in Qs. Yeah, and who reigns over us? A queen. Indeed. Queen is not even an English word. Q-U is the most common diagraph of Q, which is where you get double letters that exist to make up a word. Yeah. So you couldn't say the word without those two letters. So queen, obviously yeah. it'd be difficult. Ship, you have to have S-H. Fish, you have to have S-H as well. If you're looking in the Greek alphabet where you also find a Q, the Q is a tabletop shaving mirror. If we're going really basic about it. Sounds it, very Ikea, doesn't it, in that respect? <laughs> Absolutely. And in Roman numerals, Q represents 500,000. In the NATO phonetic alphabet, Q is which place? Quebec. Is the correct answer. Hooray, I remember the thing. So there you go, some notes on Q. Time for this week's word workout. Ah, push Ooh. it, push <sighs> it, push it good. Got sweat on. Right, you won last week. You did very I, well with Poop Deck. It was, it, to be honest, it was one of your more fairer well, then Challenges. let's see how you get on with this one. It's a UK TV show that begins with the letter Q. Okay. Your anagram is... Yeah. Quiet Moisten. Quiet Moisten. Moisten. M-O-I-S-T-O-E-N. M-O-I-S-T-E-N. Yeah. Quiet Moisten. UK TV show. It's been on the box for like 30-odd years. Okay. Everyone has till the end of the podcast to work out what it is. Good luck. Here we go. Time for this week's Big Four Words. Cucumbersome. Oh, okay. Cucumbersome. Interesting. Is uh, when a word has too many Qs. Right. <laughs> so goes, oh, dude, this your word you've given me to spell, like, uh, on Countdown is far too cucumbersome. For example, Albuquerque, two. Yeah. But it still feels a lot. Equivoke has two. Mm. Quaquaversal, quirkwadule. This is the best one. Oh, go on. I'm reading these, by the way. No. Re- no. You- <laughs> Stop breaking down that fourth wall. <laughs> Quinquagisma. Wow. Quinquasyllable. Quinquavalve. Quinquavalvula. It sounds like you're about to go into a trance state. Sub- you're staring off. <laughs> Subquinquafid. I think if I say enough of these, an alien will land and I would have tapped into a secret code. Maybe. And quinquarticular. I don't know what any of those means, except for Albuquerque. Albuquerque. In New Mexico. But there you go. If you're ever staring at a word and you go, oh, it's got too many Qs, it is, in fact, cucumbersome. Nice. I like that word very much. So, my word today is, it's not really a very rare word or a a word that, you know, will be like, oh, I've never heard of that before. But it's a word I really like and it leads on to a little kind of passageway of things I am actually interested in. It's quiotic. Oh, lovely. So, it's an adjective. Basically, it means to be extremely idealistic, unrealistic, and impractical. Where do you think it comes from? Quiotic. I think it comes from medicine. I think a doctor made it up. No. Like, antiquiotic. No, it's late 18th century. comes from the novel oh. Don Quixote ah. by Miguel de Cervantes. I love that book. In 1605 and 1615. Yeah. And obviously, the character of that Don Quixote is a dreamer. One of those characters who likes to fantasise and obviously the whole railing against dragons when they're windmills, all yeah. this kind of stuff. It's a fascinating book, yeah. uh, Don Quixote, uh, mainly because of the way it was written. So, first of all, it was one of the very first kind of metafictional texts out there in which the writer and the characters were aware they were in a story. Oh, wow. But what I didn't know until really recently, which surprised me, was that it was released as two volumes. The first volume came out in 1605, uh, and then in 1615, a sequel came out. And what's fascinating about the Did sequel... Did hoverboards in it? No, but it could have well have done, because it's the back to the future <laughs> of novels. It's really bizarre. Basically, the sequel in a broad nutshell, mm. is about people who were in the story and outside the story, reading the story, commenting on the story. And so, uh, uh, um, uh, what's his Which name? Co- Miguel. Yeah. 
could actually answer back to his critics in the second volume of that tome. Wow. By people who criticise for this, that and the other, the characters within the novel would then also talk about themselves in that form of being criticised. Which and- is, the whole thing is bold in literature, because they tell you now, if you're writing a book, just be quite sort of linear with it and don't confuse too many people. But to kind of hop backwards and forwards, especially when you've got no visualisation, yeah. it's quite fr- frankly... Maverick behaviour. Oh, it's a very maverick book. I mean, yeah. it's a very modern book. You're still going to find it in the top 10, maybe 20 books of all time. Fifty Shades of Grey. Up there. The uh, Bibble. Mary Berry's basic cooking for idiots that have never used a spoon before. Yeah. Don Quixote. The Great British Bake Off pop-up yeah. book. Two for one at us. Recommended. <laughs> uh, it's not very commonly used in literature, because you invest yourself in that novel, it's hard to kind of stand outside of it. But it's more popularised now in film and TV, so... Yeah. Popular examples would be... A great example is Wes Craven did two very good ones. Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is a very metatextual version of the Nightmare on Elm Street films, yeah. and Scream, which broke the rules of slasher films by the characters knowing they were in a horror film. Yeah. It also gone, goes on to uh, earlier films. 1930-odd was a film called Hell's a Poppin'. Do you want to know another cute tie-in? Go right. on. This is weird. There was an episode of Quantum Leap yeah. where Sam Beckett played Don Quixote in a play. Oh, that's right as well, he did. Yeah, that's a double Q action. I don't know what it means. Well, we also got yeah. Q in Star Trek. He seemed to be otherworldly and outside yeah. of the narrative, by and, and large. And James Bond. And James Bond has a Q. Yeah. In fact, um, one of the reasons why Q left the job in the end was because every time they toasted him, he thought it was an insult. They'd all say, fuck you! <laughs> and people got upset and left. Um, but obviously, if that you see... That is the best line. Stop listening to the podcast now. That's the best line you're going to hear today. It is, actually. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Uh, anyway, to, to round off, if you've seen any Mel Brooks film, any Muppets movie, or yeah. more recently Cabin in the Woods, you've watched something uh, metatextual, or if you want, chaotic. Uh, word number three from me, Questron. Now, Questron. if this isn't a villain, villain from some kind of He-Man TV show. An 80s video game for the Commodore 64, Apple II and Atari 800, as suggested on Twitter by At Radio in the UK. You am explode. Doctor! There we go. Let me play some... See, let's hit YouTube and see what Questron has. No. That is seriously awesome. Questron. Top-down title that switched between 3D and, uh, obviously, 2D. One of the first video game titles, we're looking at 1984, to have a game within a game. Oh, I like that. Kind of like a tie-back to your last keyword. Yeah. Uh, You could increase dexterity or intelligence attributes if completed successfully. So it also had a kind of hit points kind of... Yeah. So like now with the RPGs and your Final Fantasy and stuff like that, you've yeah. kind of got your power levels and the magic... And you level up and all that kind yeah. of gubbins. Question was also an interesting title because you could rob and kill merchants. 1984, the height of Pac-Man, Space Invaders, yeah. uh, Indiana Jones, and Raiders of the Lost Ark on the Atari 2600, right? There was not a lot of human-to-human violence in video games. No, not a lot. Until Questron. Uh, and in fact, at the end of the game, you had to storm a castle and kill the guards in order to win. What a moral dilemma. You know what it sounds like to me, just from that very broad yeah. description? Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, that's what I've got. Precursor yeah. to GTA games, because it went, you know what? We got caught up in the whole technology and the gadgetry of everything. Yeah. And when let's just go back to basics and remember a time in the old days when actually... We did used to stab people for pieces of gold. Good old stabbings. Uh, Questron, you can find it now on the uh, on the internet. There's some sort of um, what do they call them? Emulators. Yeah, emulators. If you're interested in playing it, in fact, I actually am now. I really want to see it in action. I'll be honest, it looks a bit crap. <laughs> looks pretty crap, doesn't it? 
Well, it was but, a different time. Yeah, lovely. But there you go, Questron, probably, apart from Qbert, the most uh, familiar Q game of all time in video game history, actually. Find me another one. Qbert, Questron, everyone else. Right, my word is going to be hard for me to say, so let's try it. Quadragesimal. Oh, I had uh, one of those the other week. No, it, it's From fine. Polish shop. You put some cream on it and it's all yeah. good. It, oh, right. it cleans out. Quadragesimal. It's an adjective. It means lasting 40 days or belonging or appropriate to the period of Lent. Oh, perfect. So, so, it's, um, so it's just topical what you've done there. Well, this is the thing. It talks about 40 days in general. I mean, we. this is what I learned recently about the word 40. Back in the biblical days... You're nearly 40, is that what it is? Wow. Wow, I knew you were going to stab me somewhere, but not in the back. <laughs> Just pointing it out. Ah, oh, damn you. At least I look good for it, old man. Um, basically, when people said things like 40 or 1001 in old tomes, yeah. it was just basically a, t- a term to say le- old times, later yeah. on. It was like a general term to say much later on. Because nobody lived to 40, really, did they? Well, I don't know, back then. I mean, the thing is, Moses, Moses, his whole life is divided into three 40-year segments. So his whole life is broken into the first 40, the middle 40, and then, because I know he took the uh, the slaves away over, I should have done my Bible research, but you know he went across the desert and was lost for 40 days and 40 nights. It's very popular in Jewish, Christian, Islamic, and other Middle Eastern traditions, and the, when you say the number 40, it basically just means umpteen. That's what it comes down to. So, so a, lo- a large volume, a, n- a big number. A big number that was too big for them to think of at the time was so 40. When they, when they said life begins at 40, Moses was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> again. Jesus. Hey, gonna get How many times does it need to start? In Judaism, uh, rain fell for 40 days and 40 nights during the flood. That was in yep. Genesis. Moses' life divided up in Christianity. 40 days was the period from the resurrection of Jesus to the ascension of Jesus. Not the best sequel, to be honest, the ascension no. of Jesus. I preferred the first one. Part three was good. The ghost story one, that was yeah. cool. The that one was where fun. he teamed up with Danny Glover. Yeah, to that take one. down the, um, <laughs> the naysayers. 40 left weapon. <laughs> yeah. um, and in Islam, Muhammad was 40 years old when he first received the revelation delivered to him by the archangel Gabriel. Also in Islam, morning period officially lasts 40 days. But if you want to go miscellaneous with this, mm. the number 40 crops up quite a lot. There's an Arabic um, Arabic proverb that says to understand the person, you must live among them for 40 days. It's also the highest number that they've ever counted to on Sesame Street. Wow. Once again, proving how biblical Sesame Street is. Again, that's probably the most interesting factual here. Uh, 40 is, all, is also the only integer whose English name has all its letters in alphabetical order. And you know why they stop at 40 on Sesame Street? It's because that is the cut-off age for owning anything Sesame Street related. Basically, yeah. Yeah. All the pop- puppets are thrown out at 40. Yeah. It's like Logan's run for humanity and yes. felt. You get a 10-year um, extension. And also, it's the... It's, the trouble is with 40, that's when Bert and Ernie officially have to get married. Yeah, they do. It's 40. a civil partnership, actually, so... Well, I think that's what they have now, but... Um, <laughs> you know. And for the Oscar geeks. the Grouch is going to do the ceremony. Yeah, he is, out of his trash can. Elmo will be the uh, Toastmaster. Yeah. Big Bird will throw the confetti, and uh, the Count will um, count. He'll be fo- sitting on the floor <laughs> counting yeah. every grain of <laughs> confetti. Oh, oh. Oh. 745. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. And to end on for geeks, 40 is also how many years Dean Winchester from uh, the TV show Supernatural spent in hell. Perfect. So as anyone called Dean should do. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, great. Let's do a random game this week on the letter Q. It is Q, do you think you are? Ooh. There are 71 words that contain the letter Q, but are not followed by the letter U. Ooh. So we're in rare air here. Yeah. Number one, I am the number five, as signified in dice 
or cards. Okay, this contains the letter Q, but doesn't start with Q, this particular one. I'm the number five, as signified in dice or cards. Oh, come on. I don't know. It ends in Q. Uh, sync. Yes, yeah, so you have to say, I am sync. I am sync. There you go. Oh, now I'm getting it, Correct. all right? I am Groot. Number two, I'm a kind of Arabian shrub used as a narcotic. Begins um, with Q. Begins with Q. Yeah. I am a Arabi- quesadilla. Is incorrect. I am cat. Oh. Q-A-T. I'm a type of curry. Begins with Q. I am a... It's easy. Oh, I can't, why is it when it's, when you say easy, that's when it seems like it's now it's the hardest easy. question in the world. Remember that Q is often substituted for other letters. Yeah. Starts it's... with Q. K- You're there. K- Do it. K- Jump over the fence, my friend. Go. Cock. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> to say chicken but cock will do I'm a type of curry I am korma oh originally spelt with a Q oh if he said yeah alright number four I'm a type of harp beginning with the letter Q that is a rhymes with gannon cannon quannon quannon yay Q-A-N-U-N and finally I'm the trimming of the feathers on a woman's hat I am the quiff Uh, no ends in Q Oh, I am the... Uh, type of... Uh, trimming of feathers on a woman's hat. You said it before. Did I? Yeah. How recently? Like minutes or hours? Seconds ago. Seconds ago. I am the trimming of feathers on a woman's hat. D- just just put me out of my sad, miserable life. I am cock. Oh! C-O-Q! Yeah. Oh, cock. Sink, cock, cat, corma, and cannon. Five of the 71 words that contain the letter Q, but are not followed by the letter U. And finally, on the Dictionary this week, it's the time for the result of the word workout. 30 seconds on this week's anagram. It was a UK TV show, Quiet Moisten. 30 seconds starts now. I think I might have this one as well. I think I might be quite pleased with myself once again. Quiet Moisten. Yeah. Which is what some people will do. Some of the 2.7 million people that still watch this show on a weekly basis. Complain on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Qu- quiet Moisten. Here we go. 15 seconds. So let me just use this time to talk erotically down your ear. Would you like some pool feathering? Yeah, would you like a pint of Paul in your ears? Yeah. Time's nice up. Big go. Quiet Moisten. UK TV show. Paul Gannon Go. Is it question time? Is the correct answer? Huzzah! Two out of two. Question time. Based on the 40s radio show that was on BBC Radio 4 called Any Questions. That's right, yeah. Which arguably was rubbish. We've gathered you all here today. (laughs) Any questions? No, no, no. Question time began on the Vox 1979, first hosted by Robin Day, Mm. then Peter Sissons, then David Dimbleby, who took over in 1994. Who dropped the ball, if you ask me? The first guests on the first question time were Irish author Edna O'Brien, Conservative MP for Scotland, Teddy Taylor, Deputy Labour leader... (laughs) (laughs) Deputy Labour leader, Michael Foote... And Derek Warlock, who was the Archbishop of Liverpool. Uh, Despite its nearly 3 million viewers a week, its highest ever figures were in 2009 when Nick Griffin appeared. Really? 7.9 million people. Wow. So we like about its policies, box office. Yeah, he is. (laughs) I want to see him in a movie poster. (laughs) So, Quiet Moisten, question time. And that'll do it for this week's Dictionary. The letter Q has been an absolute struggle. What a pain in my qualics. Nice. Um, but I would say, thank you if you've got this far. 
Give us a rating on iTunes. I know you might want to shoot off quickly and do other things. It takes like 30 seconds. 30 seconds. So give it a rating. Uh, give us a like on Audio Boom, a thumbs up on Stitcher, and a follow on Twitter. Any of those would be great. Thanks. Uh, I think Paul Gannon this week, the podcast has been K Sarah Sarah. And I consider just a little bit queefy. And I think it has been Quiche Lorraine. Ooh. Not the uh, flan. Or the breakfast TV show. No. Agony Ants. But a song from the B52 second album, Wild Planet, released in oh. 1980. Nice. It quickly went gold, widely thought to be hardcore fans, uh, in their opinion, their finest ever album. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on ACAST. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.